If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. So in this episode of Mind Pump, uh, we actually get Adam to tell his story yeah. of his fat to fit story. Some of you listening right now didn't know this, but Adam at one point was quite tubby. Uh, and he, he, he took himself from tubby to pro and he talks all about the process of that and along that process developing some or fine-tuning some more of his theories on training and then we got into maps aesthetic right. uh, why we created it and how we create it we actually give you the breakdown we break down the the phases the reps the sets we talk about why we designed it the way we did so you can find all, all about all that program and how effective it is. Yeah, well, we wanted to make sure to to you know refresh people about that story because that's really what led into us you know all kind of putting our heads together to create uh, maps aesthetic and uh, and be able to kind of show you how to kind of take yourself like just an average person to get in the kind of shape that you could present uh, on stage. That's well, right. We also break down every every bit of this program. That's in what I'm here. saying. So that was one of the things that uh, we wanted to make sure that we did for everybody because I know we're going to get questions of sets and reps and how long is it. So we, we made sure to include all the details of how and why we came up with the way that we, we created this. But a lot of it was it was inspired by uh, the way that I would prepare for a show, which is basically just focusing on specific muscle groups that you want to develop, which is very common, obviously, in competitors because we're getting judged on a, having a balanced and aesthetic physique. And so every time you go to a show, the judge goes, okay, you need to work on this, you work on that. And so how would you go about programming that if someone told you, hey, you got to work on this or work on that? And so that's really what inspired it. But when you think about it, this is probably 80% or more of what I would get even just with normal people. So my normal clients come in. I very rarely ever did I have a client who just said, hey, Adam, I want to, can you train me? I just want to be healthy. Could you just teach me about nutrition? I just want to be healthy and be better. Most people come in and they say, I want to work on this and I want to work on that. And they point at their flabby arms or they point at their gut or they point at their butt. And we know, and we've talked about it, this, you know, there's no such thing as spot reduction. But there is a way for you to train specific body parts to develop areas that you want to develop and also create like... You know, when I'm when I'm training somebody who comes to me about training their butt, you know, they or Adam, I want a bigger butt. How do I get a J Lo butt or bigger butt? Well, you'll never have a J Lo butt. That's her genetics that creates the where the origin insertion is and it's unique to her. But can you create the illusion of having a big old butt by developing certain muscles? Absolutely you can. And so that's really what this program is all about, is that ability to look at the body. Look at areas that you want to develop, and then go. How do you go about that in programming? Yeah, well, it's uh, if you're listening to this episode when it's dropping, you have four days left for fifty percent off Maps Aesthetic. So we took this program, cut the price in half. Here's what you do: go to MapsFitnessProducts.com, use the code Black Fifty, B L A C K five zero. So that's it. Here we are talking about Adam's story and Maps Aesthetic. It is crazy because we've been on air now for four years, and it's funny because the people who were with us in the very beginning have seen us go through massive changes, so many different changes. And then it reminded me of like when we first started the podcast, Adam, you were a perfect, you were competing as yeah. a prof professional. You were up there on stage, physique <laughs> competitor. You were on stage posing and flexing, and your whole life, uh, you know, for a little while revolved around sculpting and shaping uh, your body to look a particular way. God. And it's funny because now we're talking to you about you, you just like to swim and you want to remain mobile. And what a big – I mean, what was that like, that whole period like for you, you know training that way? You know what's funny is uh, um, I, I, had, I went through this little thing for a while there. We shared a little bit on the podcast about it, but it actually really bothered me when we first started that I got kind of like, categorized as the the bodybuilder guy on the show is the bro on the show because I really didn't identify with that like I've never uh you know I've never been into bodybuilding like I you know how am I the bro bodybuilder guy and I couldn't even name like fucking five bodybuilders <laughs> I mean I can't now because we've interviewed five or more right so I know more about bodybuilding today post bodybuilding than I did yeah. thinking about getting into the sport and the only reason why I even 
wanted to do it. I remember like very vividly, like when after I met with Taylor and and I saw what he had done on social media to gain traction and to build a business, I was I was fascinated by that first. And then I thought, okay, I, I'm gonna do something in fitness. Well, what makes the most sense in fitness? And at this time, it's not bodybuilding I'm thinking about. It's just being fucking jacked and shredded. Like, right. What's and I'm gonna get you the most attention. Right, right. And and I'm thinking, okay, this is good because I'm in the worst shape of my life. I'd never been 20 percent over 20 percent body fat before, uh, which so for me was. And that picture is out there somewhere. It's floating around, right? Yeah, no, you can still find it. I'll share it after this episode. So for those that ask. Um, you know, I have there's a there's a YouTube video of me saying this is day one. You know, nobody's. I think I had like a hundred people maybe paying attention mm-hmm. to me at at most. Half of them being family. Uh, you know, when I first when I first did this, and I thought, okay, the people when I walk through the grocery store and I look at Shape Magazine, Muscle and Fitness, I look at uh, Men's Health, I look at all these big magazines, and you open them and you flip through, like ninety nine percent of all the people that we see in there are competitors. There are people that have, you know, got into this this competitive shape, and then they've landed a cover of the magazine. They're the ones giving all the advice and telling people what to do. And I think, okay, to get myself in a place uh, of authority, I, I'm going to need to prove to people. I've been a trainer already now for ten plus years. I've got the smarts, I've got the experience, I've got the education, but how am I going to reach the masses? Like, I need to find a way to do that. And yeah, so you, you got to tell people though, like how far out of shape you were and like what you're doing. <laughs> I don't even think they remember. Well, I was I was in the marijuana business at this time, right? So I had I'd done three years in uh, medical marijuana, and during that time, I had I was still kind of working out. Like my buddy and I that that ran these clubs together, uh, we'd still go to the gym at night, like probably three times a week, I would say. And we were, we were training decently hard, but what was killing me was I went from being a trainer who trained 10 clients a day, moving all day long, probably burning four or 5,000 calories to sitting behind the desk and selling drugs to people like that, like mm-hmm. that shift. And my diet didn't change. I was eating Quiznos every day. I was stopping by Jack in the box at least every other day. Like, so our diet was shit. And being the guy who was insecure about being small his entire life, my scale was going up. So I was like, "Oh, I'm cool with this." Yeah. Like it, I'm still big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't like so for me being the skinny kid, I measured my body's or my success of my physique and the and building the gym by how my sleeves of my arm fit. Literally, really. Like I didn't get in the front of the mirror and like look at my abs. I always had abs growing up. I looked at how I filled out my extra large t-shirts like right. it's the size that matters yeah that's all that matters and yeah. so i see i see my size going i'm getting much fatter but i don't see it it's crazy that i don't see it all i see is me i'm filling out people are like, hey man you're getting kind of big i'm like yeah 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 all right this, this marijuana club thing's working for me and <laughs> and like i i remember vividly the the night that i realized like oh i'm not big i'm fat you know like this is the first time i could say that i'm fat in my life and i was laying on my side this was early on in Katrina and I's relationship. And I always tease her and blame her for not saying anything to me. And I, I go to scratch my side and I can feel my belly hanging. I've never felt that like before. Like it's on the bed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, like you like, like, I can kind of pick it up and move it a little bit. Yeah. Not a lot. I wasn't massively fat. Like I was a comfortable little blanket. But I, I, yeah, it was definitely something I had never felt before. And I like instantly jumped out of bed. This was like in the middle of the night. I jumped out of bed. I turned on my light. And I look at myself in the mirror and I hadn't really like looked at my body in the mirror. I really had the judge was the fucking sleeves. Like that was really my, my gauge before. And I went, Oh shit. Like I'm fucking out of shape right now. And this was all happening at the same time that I was getting really tired of marijuana. And I've shared this on, on interviews where people have interviewed me. I had got to a point where uh, I was much of my life. I, I was driven by making money. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to make more money. And I'd, I'd reached that. I'd reached this point in my head where I said, once I make X amount of dollars, I'm going to be happy. And I had got to that point. And at that time in my life, I had, ju- I, had, I had recently lost a relationship. So this was right before Katrina. I had just broken up with somebody else not that long before. I had lost two of my best friends. Uh, and I was in the worst shape of my life. But I had the deepest pockets I'd ever had in my life. And I realized that I'm not happy. And, now, and was that a hard lesson at that point or were you like, fuck, it was kind of like a, 
Um, because I would, and I've said this before too. Like, don't get me wrong. When I finally, when I reached that, you know, quote unquote dollar amount, uh, the first year was fun. The first year was a lot of Vegas trips, sure. a lot of toys, a lot of flying around, a lot of paying for other people to do shit, and I was living it up. But that got old in about a year. It took about a year, and I realized, like, this is, I don't want the rest of my life to be like this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I got to pay for everybody else if I want to have fun with all my friends, and it's short-lived. And then I also started to notice, like, people started to expect it from me, and that started to bother me. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, and Katrina would always check me. She'd be like, you created this for yourself. You fucking go somewhere and you pay everybody shit all the time and then you wonder why they don't pull their wallets out when you go to do something and you've now created a monster. So, And that really made me unhappy. Made me feel used. Made me feel like that's all the reason why my... So all these things started to happen that just didn't, didn't compute in my head when I was chasing the dollar amount. And so it wasn't really hard to, to walk away from it because the, the luxury I did create for myself was I didn't need to work for probably a few years and, and I didn't need to make any money. I had enough money saved up that I could literally just take off three years if I wanted to, which that's what really made me go, okay, now that I have the money, why I need to be doing what I love to do. And I was like, you know what? I fucking miss fitness. Mm-hmm. I miss I miss training. I miss helping people. And like this light bulb went off. I'm 30 years old. I'm in the worst shape of my life. I don't need to make money. So it's like, okay, I'm going to get back into fitness. And when I, when I decided to do it, I thought this is perfect because one of the things I also remember that was really challenging as a trainer was – being uh, uh and I, I know you guys can identify with this because you guys both especially you Sal because you got in really young I remember one of the frustrating things being like a 22 year old trainer and talking to clients and them telling me like oh you don't know you're just a kid you know wait until you have kids wait until you don't know what it's like to be fat like you don't know what it's like to have a big business and all these things and they would always tell me these things that like I can't quite relate to them and they're partially true you know I was only 22 years at that but and I didn't have all kids and I didn't have a big massive career and so I didn't have all the same stresses that they had so I kind of thought like okay this is cool I'm now 30 I'm not a baby anymore I'm fat for the first time in my life like I can I can now share this story and so the goal was okay, I'm in the worst shape of my life, 27% body fat. At this point in my life, I never, even as a trainer, I'd never seen sub 9%. 9% body fat was like my low. If I would get in shape for Vegas or mm-hmm. get in shape for the way, it was about 9% body fat. So the goal was get sub nine. So I told, and I and I knew, and this was when Instagram was coming out, I decided I was going to use that platform and I put it out there in the air. I said, okay, I'm going to take myself from the worst shape of my life to the best shape I've ever been in my life. And now the goal was to attract attention through this process, right. build your social brand, right. to be able to build to be able to get back into fitness, but rather than working for a gym, working on your own or right. turning it into something. Right. And right. At, and at this point, I don't know what it's going to be. And this is right before You're just trying to get the audience. Yeah, and I know that. I know that's the first strategy. This is I knew that this is something that I I, I didn't try, I wasn't trying to monetize yet. I wasn't trying to make any money. And, and what year was this? This is 2013 or 14. Okay. Right? Okay. This is right before you and I start talking. Right, so right, this is, right. like The story I'm telling right now is about six months before Sal and I are communicating. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is, I'm just kind of starting to get, this, to get some traction. And I begin this journey. And what I see when I'm looking at Instagram and I'm looking at all the fitness space is I see a lot of shit that's annoying me. Uh, I see beast mode. I see no days off. I see kill it. I see all the leg memes. I see people getting fucking pumped and and then great lighting and taking photos of themselves. You know what's great about this is that you and here's an interesting part about the story. Your experience up until this point is as a professional, uh, as a fitness professional, as somebody who right. worked and trained lots and lots of other people. And and this is an important part to note because. I think a lot of times we see people who are shredded and fit and muscular and, and sure they work hard. Maybe they maybe they're on a lot of gear on top of it, but they all kind of work hard and diet. But they don't know how to train other people and so they don't understand the real fundamentals of what makes fitness or how to make fitness uh, effective. What they know is that whole world of bodybuilding and they know those myths and they know that kind of stuff. So you're coming into it with your knowledge of training, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of clients and working with lots of other people, lots of other trainers. So now you're stepping into this new world and you have these kind of eyes. Right. You're, you're not you're not like blinded by the fact that you're just jumping in as a bodybuilder and let me listen. You're looking into it and be like, okay, I know some stuff. Let me see what I can learn here. Totally. And I'm coming in with this approach, like you said, as a trainer, 
not as the this, the bodybuilder. So I can't. I'm not connecting with all of these people. I'm like looking at them, going like, "This is awful. This is terrible yeah, information. Terrible advice. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible advice." Which uh, there was one. I had a little chip on my shoulder, so it irritated me a little bit. But then it also excited me because I saw the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I thought. Man, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna show these motherfuckers. I'm like, and right now I'm not drawing any attention because I'm fat. I don't look good. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm not gonna outcompete these guys that look amazing and it's Instagram and they they got fucking professional photo- you know photographers shooting them and shit. I'm taking a photo in bad lighting in my in my bedroom first thing in the morning, looking like shit. Right. So I know that I'm not gonna get a win right away. So I start doing this these posts where I show myself in the morning and I talk about my journey. And the things that I share are counter the message that's being permeating the industry or the space at the time, which is the, like I said, beast mode, no days off, push it, kill it, you know, go, you know, all the motivational stuff. I'm going, hey, this is my first week. So my goal is to not eat out because I eat out at Jack in the Box almost every day. I make shitty choices and I haven't had a day of like eating my own food and then just go to the gym. And I'm literally only going to work out for about 20, 30 minutes. And I'm going to go over to the little girly area with all the silver weights, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to do lightweight, just a few reps and then get out of the gym. So this is the message that I'm sending, which is not very attractive to a lot of people at first, but when it started to become attractive was week over week, you're seeing a little bit of change, a little bit of change, a little bit of change. And before long, I started to come into a little bit of shape, and this message that I've been sending, it's just starting to gain traction. Now, at what point did you decide, because at this point, you're just like, I just want to go 20%, 9% or lower, look good, show everybody. At what point did you think, compete, I'm going to get on a stage? It's when I hit 10K followers. When I hit 10K followers, it was when I hit the, when I came down, and I, so it took about six months for me, maybe a little bit longer than that, for me to get from the, I think it was actually long, it was more like nine months, sorry. About nine months it took me to get from 20% body fat, and I, I landed at 7.7%. So I, I kept pushing, pushing until I knew, like I could see my body. I'm like, I've never seen my body like mm-hmm. this. I'm like, I'm for sure lower. And then I went and tested, and when I tested, it came back 77 So, and at that point, I, have, I was approaching about 10,000 followers. And what I saw was like, whoa, like people really dug this transformation like that's what I you know other than that that was like the main there other than that and the few things that I'm like sharing as far as advice now at this so point are you happy at that one spot where you got to that point and you're like oh I'm cool here I got a lot of traction but now like now seeing how much they liked it it's like okay what if I were to you know accelerate this and then now make this into like competitive thing so that's really the decision like I did not get like I mean, and don't get me wrong. I remember sharing with you, Justin, because you and I were were f- friends and business partners at this time already, and we were talking. And I'm telling you, like, dude, I was fascinated. I remember, remember me meeting with you, going like, I've never really taken all of my knowledge and truly applied it to this level. Like it, all the coaching I've done, all the training I've done, I've used my knowledge as a trainer to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Never to get competitive about it. Never to be like, watch me become the shredded guy. Mm-hmm. Like I never cared to. I was never that guy. But this for the first time because I had a goal and I was and I put it out there into the fucking universe and told all these people on Instagram that I'm gonna do this. Now I felt this accountability piece like I gotta mm. fucking follow through mm-hmm. or else this whole business idea I have is gonna come crumbling down. I can't be the guy who's talking a big game like I'm so smart and I can do this better than everybody who's telling you guys yeah. and that I don't do it. I would have so, done something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and, and at this point, what is your now? This is nine months into it. You've already. You've, I'm sure the volume and type of training is ramped up. What does your training look like at this point? I'm actually following something very similar to MAPS Anabolic. And this is what, and, and it wasn't MAPS Anabolic because you and I hadn't really met yet, but- But hey, it, it all paths lead to the same truth. No. That's the crazy part. This yeah. is what, this is, and what some people may not know that haven't listened to the show for a very long time, this is what really sold me on you. Aside from our friends always telling me like, you got to meet this Sal guy, you got to meet this Sal guy, you're going to love him, he's amazing, he's just like you. Uh, like people could constantly tell mm-hmm. me this. And you and I connected on Facebook. You sent me over Maps Anabolic. I'm already in, getting in good shape at this time. And you send over Maps Anabolic. You tell me you're working with this guy Doug, and you're about you're 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 about to launch this internet business you're trying to build. And you show me the material, and I instantly am like, I, this is what I'm trying to tell people right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be fucking seven days a week. It doesn't have to be kill yourself. There's a much more methodical approach to lifting and training, 
And you know what? It's not the sexiest. Mm. You know, it's not the weird exercises and the balancing shit and doing crazy stuff. It's like the fundamentals. And that's what I had been applying. I've been training in this like full body type of fundamental compound lifting. And that's all. And I was doing as the minimal dose. I was trying to do as little as possible every week to elicit the most amount of change. And when I saw when you sent that over to me, I was like, fuck, yes, this is cool. Let's meet. It was totally different at the time, too. This is in the height of shreds is in the height of like the side chest press, you know, like bonanza. There was just like all this stuff on Instagram that was just ridiculous. And then now you're coming in with all this like sound training advice. And I, and I, I said this on an interview I just did recently. Um, and I was, cause I don't remember it. I remember a lot of people after me, but I don't remember before me because now it's, now it's tacky. It bothers me because originally I did it because nobody was doing this, but I would show people what the fuck I look like normal. I wasn't showing you after I got a, cause I look sick after a pump. I look night and day difference after I get a massive pump. Like it's, cr- and fed. Like my, I'm a big, tall guy, long muscle bellies. You throw four, 600 grams of carbs in me mm. and you get a pump. Yeah, I can, especially if you're lean. It yeah. makes such a big difference. So I could look like a monster, but I didn't, I wanted to show people the, realistically what I, the change I was making and the difference. And so I would just take a picture first thing in the morning when I wake up, I flat, I don't look, I don't look awesome. I had terrible lighting. And, now I see it everywhere. Now everybody's like, "This is what this is Instagram hashtag and, new filter." Right, right. This is this is Instagram, and this is what I really look like. And so it became this thing later on that everybody started doing that because I think after I was doing this, it started to get. And it was, I was getting some traction. At this point, I'm small as fuck, right? I'm only ten thousand followers or whatever. But you know, the it, the fitness community is still a, a relatively small pond. So I know I'm shaking some shit up a little bit mm-hmm. in our space. Um, so you decide, uh, okay, I think I want to do this next level, compete. So mm-hmm. because I saw how much traction the getting myself shredded or getting myself lean was, I was like, man, well, what's the next level of just getting in really good shape? It's getting in competitive shape, right? Like that's the next level to just getting in good shape. Because when I was at 7% body fat, I mean, sure, Katrina thought I looked awesome and I'll post pictures of this sometime too. Like, And I look pretty damn good, but I wasn't like... I'm not winning no shows, you know, I just look good. I look fit, you know, but I wasn't like a bodybuilder where my body was symmetrical and shaped like a certain way. And this is where I go, okay, if I, if I did this on my own and I got 10,000 followers, what happens when I decide I'm going to go compete against people that are supposed to be the best in the world at doing this? And I do it the opposite of how everybody else does it. Cause the formula back then and still is today is if you want to get in competing, you hire the most well-known coach, you get on top, you get on a, one of the most well-known teams, and you go to the shows that they all fucking sponsor. And be- between that, getting help from your coach, and getting getting recognized by people that are well-known in the space, good recipe for a chance of success. So I said, fuck that. I'm going to do it without all that mm-hmm. stuff. I'm going to, because I believed at that point that I had the tools to take myself to that level without the assistance of these people. And so, and I thought my whole goal was not to win body bodybuilding shows, but it was to continue to solidify myself as an authority to my current ten thousand audience. And if I could grow that to another, I didn't care about everybody else. I cared about the people that were paying attention to me. That watch this, you guys. I'm now going to go compete against these people that love bodybuilding, shit and breathe it all day long, read all the magazines, know everybody, and they just all aspire to be bodybuilders one day. I'm going to go fuck in their space and go fuck it all up. Watch this. And so that was kind of the goal. And I knew that I would get some traction. And so I did. And I competed in my very first show. And this is also why Sal and, Sal and I, we've all been introduced now. So we've been introduced to each other. We're not doing any business together yet, but we're all kind of communicating. You and I are sending pictures back and forth and I'm mm-hmm. talking shit to you around this time. And you're talking shit back to me how shredded you are. And so I, I decide I'm going to do my first show. Now, when I get to my first show, this is when I get the, the itch or what, what made me really decide to continue further. Because at this point, I go like, okay, this is it. Like, I got into great shape. I'm now going to get on stage. It doesn't really get any big of a deal, any bigger of a deal for me than this. But when I got backstage, I'm the only guy with no team and no coach. Everybody's got their coaches with them. And I'm all kind of covered up in, my, in the corner of my hoodie, and I'm all, you know, look like a 
fucking all dark and shit. <laughs> disgusting. You were all chocolate. I fucking it out. hated all of this. <laughs> this the, the irony of all this too is like I hate all this shit. Yeah. Like I don't like prancing around. I feel on like this. I helped rub some of that on you. Oh, I don't remember. God, did you really? I don't know. <laughs> the no, glutes are hard so. to cut. I, I, I did. I did not. I did not like doing somebody. any of that stuff. And it was. It's just. It's totally out of character for me to be like this. But I'm doing it right. It's. It's. I'm. What I'm. What I am enjoying is the competitiveness of. I'm not like everybody else. I'm gaining traction. I'm actually building an audience of people. I'm showing people the right good information. And I'm showing that you can do something this extreme, mm-hmm. but kind of do it in a healthier, as a healthy way as possible, right? So I get backstage. I peel down for the first time. And I'm fucking diced compared to everybody. And all of a sudden, I start getting all these competitors walking around. Who's your coach? Who's got you doing that? Who's what's your diet? What, what roids are you? What are you taking? What's your steroid cycle? Like all these questions. I'm like, well, we, I take this much testosterone. I don't have a coach. Uh, this is how I did my diet. And I'm asking these people the same questions, you know? And the stuff I'm hearing back, I'm fucking floored, dude. I'm hearing crazy steroid cycles. I'm hearing totally extreme, stupid diets. I'm hearing crazy amounts of cardio being done. And I'm going, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. These are these are the people that make the magazine. I'm like, no, this is okay. Then I start going, okay, this is amateur. That's why these are all the knuckleheads that want to be pros that are doing it all the wrong way that get in here. And I and that's what I'm assuming. I'm like, oh, they just don't know what they're doing. They don't, and that's why they're at the amateur level. So it doesn't take me very long. I do two shows before I hit, take my get my first first place. So I go fourth place. I go sixth place. I go first place. Once once I hit first a uh, first place, I win my first show. That qualifies me for nationals. So now I get to national level. And when I'm at the national level, I'm thinking, okay, I'm really excited now. Like this, these are like the elite and I go to USA. So USA's in the bodybuilding world is the fucking is the pinnacle like of, of amateur bodybuilding, trying to go pro the hardest show, the biggest show, the most prestigious show you can do is USA's. And I remember that time my buddy who's a coach was trying to tell me to go to like Pittsburgh. He's like, dude, you should just go fly to Pittsburgh where it's small and, and get your pro card just to get people. I'm like, no, fuck that. Like if I'm going to do this, like I want to do it all the way. Like I want to be proud that I, I won. Not because I don't want to be proud because there was eight people in the show mm-hmm. and I slid in, slid in and got my pro card. So I do, I go to this massive USA show and I think I had 32 or 37 people just in my class alone. Now at this point when you're doing the USA, how many competitions have you done leading up to this? Three? So I've done three. Now, each time, are judges telling you, work on this, work on that? How are you changing your training? What so, are you doing? So that's a good question, because this is actually where I do start to tr- change my training. So up until this point, I'm kind of following more of, when I got in my first initial shape, it was kind of following this MAPS anabolic type of protocol, really fundamental strength training, building a solid base on myself, doing as little as possible to build. Now that I get into competing and I have a judge, in my very first show, they did. They, they critiqued me. Um, they critiqued my back. Um, they critiqued my shoulders. And so they said back and shoulders you need more of. Yeah, they could say, you know, you could, and they, they use more, more specific terms. They say, you know, you could get, you could d- d- uh, get a wider, fuller uh, looking back and my shoulders could be more r- round and pronounced. Mm. And that was my critique from the judges. They said you were more than enough shredded. They said I was too shredded to be in fact the first time I ever heard someone be told that, but I was told I was too shredded. And but I and I needed to develop these areas. So now I had to go to the drawing board. And this is where it got really fun. Was because this is where things are a little bit different. Like training to get in shape overall, lose body fat, or just to kind of build muscle. There, I think there's a, a protocol and a formula to that. But then when you're asked to develop specific parts of your body, the programming has to change. You, you following this exact same programming that's kind of evenly hitting all the same muscle groups is all it's going to do is make everything evenly kind of come up. And that's that's the, the, the sculpting aspect of training for aesthetics. That's the sculpting aspect of what bodybuilding has brought to the fitness world is being able to identify parts of your body and to be able to train your body in a way that not unlike, and I remember in, in Pumping Iron, Arnold talked about it this way. He said it's like a sculptor. When a, a sculptor is, is, is creating their, their work of art and they notice that they need a little bit more clay here, a little bit less clay there, they are trying to create the, their, their aesthetic masterpiece. And that's where you know bodybuilding or training in that fashion, understanding it in the real way, uh, where there's a lot of value that way. And something that I found fascinating also was my now I have, now I have peers, right? And so 
we're talking about other competitors. A lot of us work out in the same gym, and so I see a lot of them. We're all friends. And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys like to, to, to cross-pollinate and work out together, and that was one of the things that I think I probably wasn't the most well-liked amongst my peers at first because— Yeah, you're allergic to pollen. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I, told, I told all of them that I, I don't really like training with somebody else, and it's not like a personal thing. I have my own personal goals. My judge told me that I'm weak here and weak here. Therefore, my programming is very specific. You're sculpting your body. Yeah. And, you know, if you got two people coming in and one guy needs more chest and you need more rear delt or whatever, of course the workout's got to look different. Right. And so I think they didn't understand that. And then that made me realize something else. Like, I thought, well, then what are they doing when they're, when the judge tells them they need more of this, they just apply more intensity and, and more drugs. Yeah. 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 The, the exercise programming. The the science of it and the skill of it left bodybuilding lost a long art. time ago. Lost art. It is because if you look at the way that they trained in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that's what they did. They would really look at their body objectively, and then they would model their training around how they wanted to shape and sculpt their bodies. And then it became just about genetic freaks taking lots of drugs and just eating a lot of food, and that's pretty much it. And, it, and you see that a lot, and especially in the amateur ranks with these, because I know I know a lot of these, these guys, and- I could I it's I could take their workouts, put them next to each other, and they're identical. They're almost identical. Same kind of programming, same kind of approach. Nobody's focusing on really building maximal strength. That was lost a long time ago, which is stupid because that builds a quality to your body that you can see on stage. Uh, everybody's training in this kind of you know pump type fashion, which has its own value. But if you stay in there long enough, mm-hmm. you know you're of course you have to throw more drugs at your body to get your. Body I was respond. the only the only guy that I saw, and this is this is not to say it's an overgeneralization for me to say that everybody like programming is completely lost in bodybuilding. There's obviously certain guys. In fact, way later on, because I met all the big coaches and big names, I really like the way um, Ariel from. Um, Cuts the team cuts. I think he does a really good job, not only just programming wise with his his competitors, but also nutritionally. I think he does a really good job because he talks about uh, overall health mm-hmm. versus just you know getting shredded for a show. So there are some yeah Ben Pikulski and yeah right. Lane Norton another right. smart dude yeah there's there's and and that's actually how I found Lane. So the the story behind how Lane Lane comes into my life at this time because I'm seeking and same thing with Pikulski. Yeah, there's so the, only voices of reason. The in way that world. the two of us, yeah. the way I became friends with both those guys was. I because I'm not I don't have a coach and I don't have a team doesn't mean I'm an asshole and I just think I'm going to do it all by myself. I'm like looking for information. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for I'm reading I'm reading and I'm watching. I'm trying to pick up information and the only people at this time at this time because this is before I'd met some of these other coaches that I think are decent. I I'm I I found Ben Pokolsky and I found Lane Norton and I was like finally somebody is talking from a science perspective on how to program design, mm-hmm. how to diet correctly. And I was I was in, impressed with that. And this it was just a huge opportunity because at this point, um, you know, right after you become pro, you know, we kind of launched Mind Pump, and the first program that we sold was Maps Anabolic. This was about a year into Mind Pump. We we didn't sell anything for a full year. We wanted to just kind of let we wanted people to know that we knew what we were talking about. We wanted to build a lot of value. Um, and on our sites was let's create a program that is geared around aesthetics, like sculpting and shaping your body. And we knew that would be a blockbuster because at the end of the day, we could talk all day long about function and how you feel and all that stuff. But what motivates people initially to work out? They want to change how they look. Well, not to mention that, but this also, you know, this applies to even someone who doesn't want to get on stage. If I had a client, these same principles that I applied to myself on the competitive level is the same thing if I had somebody like a lady sitting down for me and she goes, and I say, and I ask her, are there any specific areas on your body that you want to address? Absolutely. And she goes, Adam, I've never had a butt. Can you help me build a butt? And I wish I had better arms. That's right. So when I go to the drawing board and I write a program out, I change it based off of what she just said to me. And the cool thing about understanding how to develop your body in this way, having the intelligence or at least the programming that allows you to do this, is you can get around your structure a little bit. Like There are people who have naturally narrow shoulders for men, for example. They can develop delts. Women who waist might be a little blocky. Great. Develop your back. It's going to make your waist look a lot smaller. Um, You can develop hamstrings to to give your legs... Uh, a little bit more shape for for certain women who want more curve or whatever, and you can do this through resistance training. And, the, and now here's the other thing too: aesthetics doesn't just come from the fucking air, right? Aesthetics, 
Aesthetics exist for a reason. There's a reason why certain things look good to us. And we've perverted them now for a while with surgeries and exaggerations. But at the end of the day, if you look at the root of aesthetics, aesthetics are visual representations of incredible health. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why it's so attractive. It's You want those genetic traits passed on, and this is why like people like see that, and then, oh, wow, like th- this is something that you're like drawn towards. That's right. Like, for example, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a, ra- a hip-to-waist ratio. I don't remember what the number is, but a hip-to-waist ratio that they found that, that you know, men and women both find to be aesthetic in women. Now, here's a funny thing. They'll take the physical ideal from the West, compare it to the East, compare it to the Middle East and to Africa, and the, the, the sizes are different. So women, you know, what's considered ideal is can be different, you know, between 10 to 20 pounds, but the hip-to-waist ratio, that always seems to be consistent. And scientists were like, why, why this ratio? Why do we find this ratio to be so attractive? They've actually done studies and found that that ratio dramatically increases the odds that you will have a successful and healthy natural childbirth when you have a child. So there's a reason why. There's a reason why we found we find there's this this inverted uh, triangle shape that we find attractive in men where broad shoulders, narrow hips, smaller waist. Why? Uh, you have good function. Smaller waist means strength. Narrow waist means you can run pretty damn well. Wide shoulders, you're probably strong. You've got some signs of high testosterone. And so but you can you can develop these through Resistance training, and this is the beauty of training for aesthetics. If you do it the right way, you start to give yourself more of this visual aspect of, of health. You look like you're healthy. Now, of course, you can't get around the fact if you're, if you're not healthy, so everything needs to be done with, with good health in mind. But training specifically to make yourself look a particular way, it's a lot of fun. And if it's a muscle, I mean, you can develop that muscle. And I think that, you know, a lot of times people get frustrated and want to go right to surgery or they want to fix things by shrinking their waist. And and that's the focus of that versus, you know, creating the illusion of, of slimmer by building and developing other parts of their body. Now, the thing that I found really interesting, too, when I was getting into all this was you know, the, the lack of programming that was done, uh, on a lot of these competitors that went about it, it was all the, it was all the drugs and it was all the intensity driven, you know, and really what I found out and what I tried to express to people that are aspiring to be like these competitors is most of them, what they've proven they can do is be disciplined for a really long time. And they have, they have this ability to restrict from themselves and push really fucking hard for long periods of time, meaning months on months on months Mm -hmm. of consistency. And that's really what they've proven. They haven't proven they have the formula for all people to get in really good shape. No, that takes lots of practice, lots of uh, training different people over and over and over again. Because I can say with full confidence, I didn't have that knowledge three years into my training career or right. four years into my training right. career. It took a good eight, nine, ten years before I really started to develop to the understanding of what it takes to get people's bodies to react and respond. And what we see with these people that were giving the advice out to all these other people that are following them and wanting to do them and they're writing programs for them is, you know, they get some people that, and, and I remember this, I'd be like, oh, you follow whose program? I'm like, really? That I've seen the way he trains and what he does. And they were like, Oh man, well, I I just got great results. I'm like, well, uh, okay, yeah. If you cut all them calories, you got on the treadmill that long, and you did that for six months, like, yeah, no fucking shit. But is that really sustainable long term? And does that really help the other ninety percent of the population that maybe doesn't want to be a competitor but mm-hmm. wants to get in really good shape? No, not at all. In fact, that's a really bad way to go after it. And we're missing some of the things. And there's a much easier way to go about this. There's a smarter way to way, do it. Way smart. Yeah. I remember, and this is what I love. Like So in, in, in MAPS Aesthetic, right, the very first phase um, is the strength phase. And in that phase, you know, we spend three weeks inside or uh, three weeks inside of that phase where we're focused on three to, three to six reps and we're doing like three set, three to four sets at least, sometimes five sets. And we're doing these real big compound basic yes. movements. You want to know, know how many men's physique guys I saw ever training like this? Probably zero. Zero. Yeah. yeah. Zero. Which is crazy because, first of all, uh, training in that rep, all, all the most rep ranges, by the way, build muscle, especially if you're not training in those rep ranges. Right. So that's a big that's a big myth. But second, training in a strength phase gives your body a quality of a of a look. 
that you it's hard to achieve without training that strength phase. Now, how do I explain it? Uh, what does it look like? Um, it looks like your body's harder, like it's carved out of stone, um, solid. This is both for men and women. It gives them that solid, hard look to their body in a different way than training in the in the higher rep ranges. Now, of course, if you stay in that for too long, then you don't get the benefits of the other rep ranges. But I always thought it was crazy that these competitors never train in those phases. So in I that phase, I didn't know this. I was not privy to this until I got in the space. I just assumed. I assumed in order to be that sh- in, in shape, they at least had these fundamental things down. But what I realized was like, no, what they're really good at is just dieting and training really hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you train really hard for long periods of time and you diet really hard for long periods of time, like absolutely, you'll get shredded and you'll look pretty damn good. But the ability to kind of maintain that and keep that is very unrealistic. And the rebound effect that you get from that type of a mentality approach towards it's training a monster. is it's a monster. Well, I used to tell it like this to clients. I used to say, look, you know, I could give two people instructions to dig a 10-foot hole. I could give one person a spoon and another person a backhoe. And if they both work hard enough, eventually they'll both dig that hole. But it's going to happen a lot faster and a lot easier for the person with a backhoe. Right. Um, and it's going to be silly to sit. And it's like someone, that's what they're doing with their training. It's like they're using a spoon. They're like, but I'm digging, but I'm getting there further. And you're like, man, I know you are, but holy cow. Well, yeah, it's such an easier way to do it. I love that analogy too, because to me, when it when it came to the programming for each time I went from show to show, so between shows, I always had to restructure my program. The thing that got me the bulk of my success or showed me the most gains towards the goal, which was the, in this case, build more chest or build more back and build more shoulders, which was like the first main focus was the, the, the first phase, mm-hmm. the first phase. It was those heavy overhead pressing. It was those heavy inclined bench press. It was those deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Those were the things that started to put the bulk of the muscle on, especially since that's, so these, this program is you know, aesthetic is 10 weeks long. I wouldn't diet for a show until the last six weeks or so. So I'm being fed mm-hmm. in those first four weeks. I'm feeding myself. I'm lifting heavy. I'm building. And mm-hmm. you could see it every time I would do this. And we designed MAPS Aesthetic because that was the goal. The idea was, okay, let's design a program that, uh, you know, people could use to compete, but also for people, the everyday person who, you know, has got a decent amount of, uh, of, of experience training because it is a high volume program who want to be able to train and shape and sculpt their body like these types of people. And so we, we did it. We made it 10 weeks long because, uh, you know, you told us, Adam, that that's the length of time you want to do your get ready for a show. Yeah. You want to do about 10 weeks because you got people coming in 16 weeks. We're doing insane dieting for that long. Yeah, is- and exactly. And they're dieting and they're doing high intensity training right out the gates. So at this point, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm managing my steps already at this point. I'm I keep my steps very low. I'm strength training. I'm trying to build right now. I've got I've got a phase right now of packing on some muscle, getting my caloric intake, speeding my metabolism up. I'm not doing I'm doing zero cardio mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to build and put some mass mm-hmm. on. And I would we would we would run that phase for about 3 weeks. So 3 weeks is our programming. I would run somewhere between 3 and 4 and then I would transition into our second phase. And meanwhile, you're keeping those muscle parts in mind that the the judges brought up, right? Your back, your shoulders, like that's something like you're keeping within uh the way that you're structuring your workouts. Oh, well that's the those are the focus sessions right. that we put in Maps Aesthetic, which Focus sessions are, you know, another word for those would be like a frequency builder. These are, you pick your weak body parts and you do these short 20 minute, you know, 30 minute workouts on these areas throughout the week. So although you're doing your full body, you know, uh, strength training, the days in between, you're doing these short workouts and you're getting good pumps and squeezes and you're using things like machines, which these machines are great for this, yeah. where you're just adding some focus. And, and after that first three, four week period, then you can move into the what we call the, the size phase, which is that, uh, that, that eight to 12 rep range, the more traditional <laughs> bodybuilding you know, rep range. Well, you have to talk about the science behind this because this is, again, another thing that I saw as a problem in the space was... These athletes or competitors, whatever you want to call them, when they would go into a get ready for a show and their their approach was just, you know, oh, my judge said more shoulders. And so they just, you know, randomly throw more as much shoulders as they can. And, and that kind of works for some people because of, what do they do? They increase their volume where 
I knew that this is like, a, like I'm at amateur level now. I'm like, I'm trying to work my way to national and professional level. So I'm trying to be very methodical about my approach. If I was training a MAPS anabolic three times a week, so in other words, my shoulders are getting, let's just say hypothetically, because I think the, the math on that is about 12 sets, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm, is about mm-hmm. what we have in that program, right? So my shoulders are getting about 12 sets of attention uh, over three times a week, uh, a week. So now when I go about, okay, so now what I want to do is I'm going to build in more sets, more volume. What are we going to do that on? We're going to do that on focus days. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're, we're, we have a very mathematical approach to starting to build the shoulder. Right. And what I got to be careful of, because if I'm lifting good compound lifts, so I'm doing overhead barbell press and dumbbell press, and we're doing some of these big gross motor movements for my shoulders. You don't want to overtrain them. I don't want to overtrain them either. So I can't just do more of what I was already doing. I got to be cognizant of, okay, I don't want to do so much damage that my body is constantly just trying to repair itself and it's not actually adapting and building and growing. So I just want to send a signal to it, which again goes back to the brilliance in MAPS Anabolic and your philosophy. With trigger sessions. With trigger sessions. We took that same type, that same science, that same philosophy that supports that and we created these focus sessions, which are these these isolation type exercises, a lot of machine, a lot of cable type movements. Mm-hmm. Less not, damage. Not going to do a ton of damage, but it's going to give me a nice pump. It's going to send a signal. And that, it's going to accelerate the progress of right. that particular body part. And, and the reason why you pick one, two, two body parts max, it's just your body's capability to, you know, because some people are like, why don't you focus sessions for the whole body? You're missing the point. Um, you start to overcome your body's ability to adapt. You want to attack the body one body part at a time in terms of what you're bringing up. But you do this over the course of cycles and you develop your entire body. Well, and and what I did, which we don't, this, this isn't necessarily programmed into the program, but I tell people that this is where you can kind of modify. And this is what I started to do was, let's say like my shoulders and back, that didn't stop being a focus just one show. It's not like I focused on it for one show and then it stopped. So I started to build in the volume and all I would do is I, our focus sessions are designed to be short. They're only designed to be about 20, 30 minutes. They're designed to be isolation, not a lot of damage, more cable, more machine type work to increase that volume. Mm-hmm. But I want to, again, I want to start at the minimal dose, as little as possible to list the most amount of change. I run that through a whole cycle, a whole time going through the entire program for 10 weeks. Then when I go back to that again and revisit it, now I might add an extra exercise. But you're, you're just building on yeah, it. Yeah, I slowly build on it. I don't go right out the gates of training six days a week for one hour at a time, that 20-minute workout now turns into about a 28, 30-minute workout because I've now added one more exercise on there. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm trying to get a little bit more, a little bit more, allowing my body to adapt to that new amount of volume so I can get the benefits of adding more size to it and then slowly progressing, which is to your point, what you're asking. We get a lot of people that ask that like, well, why don't I just do on my focus days, why don't I just do five foundational days? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that is. You, why would you want to do that? You yeah, don't. Want, you don't want to taxing. Yeah, scale up to that. If anything, it if just it, doesn't work. It's just not going to work for you. But yeah, you, we go from strength. You build that solid foundation. Then you go to the, to, to the next phase, which which is the longer phase, four weeks long. We call it the size phase. But really, what it is is that eight to twelve rep range is known as the hypertrophy. Rep range. Now, that doesn't mean that the other rep ranges don't build hypertrophy. Represents muscle fibers actually growing themselves. All the rep ranges do that. But if you were to compare rep ranges head to head in a short period of time, let's say four weeks, the eight to twelve rep range would build the most muscles. That's why it's called the the hypertrophy range. So then you move into that range. But you're coming from a strength cycle. So you're going from strength cycle to the size phase, and the results are incredible. Once you jump into that, muscles just start to fill out. Right. Things start to build. This is where you get that nice pump feeling. You start tight. to get more of a pump, and you start to see what happens on the scale. If you're trying to put on size, for example, the scale really starts to move up. If you're dieting at this point and you're trying to get leaner, you just notice that the scale might not move down as fast because you're building muscle while you're getting leaner. You start to see that as well. And that's the middle meat portion of the program. Then at the end of the program, the last few weeks, well, that's when you're getting ready to get on stage or... If you're not a competitor, this is when you're really trying to bring it all together and the volume is much higher. They're doing a lot of supersets. What you're doing at this point is you're maximizing the pump that you get in the gym. Now, the pump itself also signals muscle growth but through, through different ways. One, through what they call cell signaling because of the swelling effect that the pump gives you. But two, 
your muscles actually increase their capability to uh, contain more of these non-muscle fiber structures within muscle. Some people call it sarcoplasm, sarcoplasm uh, which, which would re- represent that. Um, some, there's conflicting studies on this. One thing that I do know, though, is when you're coming out of a strength and size cycle, when you move into more of these supersets, you just get this full, round, kind of bubbly look, which is why we end the, the, the program in that phase. There was some other, I think there was some other things that we thought about when we wrote this program, too, because um, we kind of really geared it around like me getting ready for a show that we took into consideration, and that was most likely in this whole 10-week process, at one point you're going to start a caloric restriction and you're going to start starting to cut. And you're trying to burn calories. Right, and you're so when you're thinking about, okay, the last phase of this is the is the most amount of volume, the most amount of sets, the most amount of reps that you'll do in the entire program. So more likely you're burning more calories and you're not eating as much calories. So you're not you're not going to have a lot of food to actually support a lot of growth and a lot of extra uh, extra protein and extra calories to help support you recovering. And so we're thinking in our heads, okay, this person is trying to cut and lean out and get ready for their peak physique. Okay, well, what what is my what is my routine going to look like? Okay, well, my routine is not definitely going to be heavy deadlifting and squatting when I'm on my eighth week of coming into a, mm-hmm. a, a it, into a show. These are the like I'm going to be able to get in there and move a weight, just lots of reps. It's not really it's not grinding hard strength. No, you're you're getting a pump. You're doing supersets. You're building more strength endurance, um, and you're trying to achieve a look is what you're trying to do. I, I remember it's funny when we wrote this program because we were excited to to put this program out because of its commercial appeal. We knew, you know, geez, as soon as we put something out, that's going to focus oh, on. If we make everybody look awesome, like they're not going to hate that. Yeah, it's just the motivation behind it. Like, okay, this is a program based on just aesthetics. People are going to love it. And we waited. Actually, we we put Maps Performance out first so that we could have people move better and have that function. And so that if they did the next program, it would be a great way to follow up. Man, we launched Maps Aesthetic, and it was like. People went crazy. I remember yeah. that launch was insane, and then the, the it still remains one of our most popular programs. Yeah, no, it is. It's the most popular program, and it's the most appealing. And you know, the reality of it is, we know that some people don't do it the way we would like to see them do it, right? Like, and that's why we waited because it was important to us that an- anabolic came first and performance came second. Because when we think of the the average person, the average client, those are the two things that people need the most first. Mm-hmm. Before they start getting into, you know, sculpting their physique. Like, well, what's what's been cool now about this is we launched Maps Aesthetic. Uh, I want to say about two years ago. Is it maybe two and a half years ago? And um, since it, because it's been out now for a little while, the, I get messages now from people who use it to compete, which I love because oh. it's given them time now, right? It's funny because uh, when we launched this, I was like, we're going to put so many coaches out of business, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I knew it was going to take a while for people to catch on to the effectiveness of it. But now it's like, I mean, I'm hearing somewhat of people like having the courage to kind of run their own programming and kind of go through that process themselves. Well, we having a coach. We have a lot of people in the form. In fact, I actually, Cassie just sent me over an email of somebody who was asking um she's she actually used Mapsthetic for her first show she had great yeah. results and she was asking and owns like all the programs and just totally a pump but she's like you know I was wondering like do you guys have anything or where would you guide me or where should I go for a little bit more nutrition advice and I and I told Cassie send her in the forum I, and we don't really talk we don't we don't pitch the forum on the show that much, uh, but that community is fucking incredible. Oh, they're very and, smart. And we were really this was a, this has been a, a, a discussion in in Mind Pump since the first since its inception, and that was we really wanted to stay away from nutrition and and telling people that mainly because we knew it wasn't realistic that we, the the three of us could handle the load that it would take to truly help each individual in nutrition because nutrition. Is I mean programming. No, nothing's more individual right. insanely individualized. Right, programming is complex. Programming is complex and individualized. Nutrition programming—that's on a whole nother. It's universe. on a whole nother level, and none of us felt comfortable with creating something that we could sell to the masses, and so we just refused to do it. But we have built this community that's got people like. Uh, shallow in it. That's got Brink in it. That's got Doctor Ruscio in it. That's got Aria in it. That's got a bunch of other competitors, pros. Myself is in there. You, the boys, are in there, and it's become this community that someone like this, and that's why I told uh, Cassie, I was like, send her into the forum and literally ask the questions that she has about nutrition, and watch all the other 
pros and competitors that are mm-hmm. a- at the amateur level, national level. We have all the whole range. And let the, and everything from bodybuilding to men's physique to women's bikini to women's physique to natural competitors to non-natural competitors. So we got it all in there. And it's such a great community of people that are helping coach each other. And they've listened to all the mind pumps. They understand the philosophy. And a lot of them are really, really intelligent. And so then you can then provide your information like, hey, this is what I'm eating. This is what I'm doing. What do you guys recommend? And then you get a collection of all these really intelligent people giving you advice based off of you and your body and where you're at. I I just love seeing people now. People are now sending me pictures like I won my first show. Mm -hmm. Use Maps Aesthetic. I won my first show. It's bikini competitors, physique competitors. There was a bodybuilder that had sent me his before and afters and how he had competed in his first show and used Maps Aesthetic as his program. And of course, all of them individualized it a little bit with the focus sessions. And I, I always ask them, I always say to them like, oh my God, you look phenomenal. What did, what were your focus sessions? What are the body parts that you worked on? Yeah. And they'll say things like, oh, I worked on my glutes and my hamstrings, or I worked on my upper back, or I worked on my lower back or whatever. And I freaking love seeing that. I mean, the workouts itself, if, if you kind of want an idea what that looks like, three days a week in the gym, you're going to be in there for a little while. Three days a week is high volume. You're going to be in there for between 60 to 90 minutes, you're training the whole body. Those are the hard foundational workouts. The other two to three days a week are the focus sessions, which are 20 to 30 minutes long. So the program can have a lot of volume. Some people do it without focus sessions. Some people like to just do the three days of full body and don't like to throw in the focus sessions. But at this point, if you're doing MAPS Aesthetic, you're probably pretty serious because it is a serious program. So I would say five days a week is what I would recommend. So you're, you're going to be in the gym a little bit. Um, working on these areas. And the focus sessions, again, that's where you have a lot of fun, and that's where you can use all the equipment in the gym. That's what I love about that. Like Those are the days that we recommend you do all the machines, you do all the cables. Well, remember when we first kind of came out on the show, and this was before this was created, we talked a lot of shit about machines and cables. We and did. Stuff. And, yeah, and people, people started, live on them. Well, and people started to look at us like, well, you mean to tell me that these things have yeah. existed in the gym You're for this anti-machine? long? And the, you guys don't use any of them? It's like, no, absolutely not. In fact, I use them quite a bit. But you got to use them in a particular way. They're good for a particular for a thing. Right. And I think that I, I, I'd loved releasing this program for this reason was it's not that we don't believe in cables and machines. They are an incredible tool, just like any other tool. The thing that we noticed, well, what we know because we've been in gyms our whole life, is that people gravitate to them for the wrong reasons. They gravitate towards them because they're easier. Mm-hmm. They're easier to learn. They're easier to just get in and put a pen in and start doing them. And people have a hard time or scared to learn a, a barbell pre- overhead press or a barbell squat or a barbell you know incline press. Like These things tend to scare people. But those are the things that learning to do those things will give you so much more benefits than any cable or machine mm-hmm. ever will be able to give you. So why would you go right? Why would you gravitate yeah. to the to the thing that's going to give you the least amount of results first? You should gravitate to learning the principles. Learning, and that's why anabolic is so heavy in the barbell right area. Yeah, Maps Aesthetic is for people who uh, have some experience training in the gym. It's not a beginner program by any stretch of the imagination. But if you have some experience, you've been working out for a little while consistently, or you have in the past and you kind of know what you're doing, um, and you're going to go into the gym and you're serious. Here's another thing. You're, you're kind of serious. Like, okay, I really want to change the way I look. Apply it. It's a 10-week program with a good diet. Watch what happens to your body. Please take a picture. Take a picture before. Take a picture after. You'll blow your, you'll, you'll, it'll blow your mind. But again, it is not a, a beginner prog- program. It is more of a advanced type workout because you will be in the gym utilizing a lot of exercises. And if you're a beginner and you throw this at your body, it'll probably be too much. But if you've got some experience and you throw this at your body and you do it right and you combine it with a decent diet, watch what happens to your body. I think you'll be uh, radically surprised. And I think when we air this, uh, Maps Aesthetic will still be 50% off, but I, I think it'll only be about four days left, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. to the promotion. So uh, if you're listening to this on the day that it airs, there's only four days left for Maps Aesthetic to be 50% off. So we took the price, literally cut it in half. We want more people using it. We want more people posting before and afters. Yeah. We want to see more people get the benefits of this program. See some people up on stage. Well, part of, the, part of all of us doing this, too, those that have been listening for the last few months or more, 
you know, we've been rolling out these the the 50% off on all the programs that we redid. So if you own the, uh, this program already, you automatically get these upgrades. Yeah, we free. revamp them with a new interface. Uh, you know, the, the the it's a lot easier to use, better videos, cleaner videos, better instruction. Uh, anytime we do that, it's upgraded for free. Um, but yeah, so it's it's half off. Here's what you do. Go to mapsblack.com and then use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K-5-0, and you'll get that 50% off. I hope you're listening to this episode while this promotion is still running. Again, there's only four days left, so make sure you check it out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.